ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 75 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. Back here with Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Scott, I was I was going to start off, you know, mention it's week 14. We're right on the verge of the playoffs, but I feel like I have to mention because we always broadcast during the Thursday games, man. Dalvin Cook was not even supposed to play tonight, and he's got 144 yards and two touchdowns. It's insane. Uh, what do you think of watching this game? It's nuts. I mean, he's my only hope against you in the uh, <laughs> Tech Mobile League that we we broke down on this very podcast at the beginning of the year. So, so yeah, I'm going to need him to score about 60. So, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned before the show, somebody put on Twitter about 20 minutes ago that he was at 117, was on pace to, pace to break the, uh, the the single game rushing record. So we'll see if he can he can pull that off. Um, but we got a, we got a great guest tonight here. Uh, perhaps, perhaps the best uh, impressionist slash song parody guy slash <laughs> fantasy football analyst I know. At least in the top three. Um, so <laughs> Jake Trowbridge is with us. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm shocked I cracked the top three, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I thought I'd be fringe top 10, kind of on the outside looking in a little bit. But I'm I'm glad to see that cumulatively <laughs> of all those things, I'm, I'm somewhere in the mix. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Jake. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, so we're going to, we always start off with some of the injuries and news. There wasn't a lot of stuff going on this week. So I'm going to try and run through this quick. We've got, we got a lot of other stuff to cover tonight. Um, I, I basically just threw on some of the, uh, the one, the major ones that, that came out and there really wasn't too much. Um, uh, Logan Thomas had the knee injury. They, they found out it wasn't an ACL, but they put him on IR anyway. I'm, you know, I'm just going to run through all these and let you guys, if you want to comment on any of them, if not, we'll move on. So the Corey Davis goes to IR not not a big deal other than maybe wheels wheels up even further for Elijah Moore. Uh Elijah Mitchell's in the concussion protocol. Uh and then Thielen had the ankle sprain is out tonight and uh, his timeline's a little unclear. So any any thoughts on any of these guys uh Scott? I think just uh Mitchell I think was a little scary because uh I think his symptoms kind of showed up more on Monday. Mm-hmm. I believe and so and there were a couple guys this week that that happened with. So that's 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 never good. The delayed um, onset. I've had one of those before, and uh, you you kind of a little bit foggy and 
you know, I don't know. These guys seem to bounce back quickly, but you can never be too sure with those. So mm-hmm. I don't think at this point that, you know, whatever other ailments he has, ankle, knee, whatever, that whole backfield's kind of banged up. So just got to keep an eye on it. If he plays, he's he's playing, and he's getting the workload. They've shown that this year. So I think he's either going to be out and we'll know ahead of time, or if he's playing, plug him in. Let's roll. What about you, Jake? Any thoughts on any of these injuries in terms of fantasy, dynasty, whatever? I mean, it's nice that they're kind of clear-cut injuries for once this week. There's there's so many other weeks where it's like we don't know until kickoff. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a perfect example of tonight. Like, we're all <laughs> waiting with bated breath. That's not the case for any of these guys. We basically know, like you said, with Mitchell, we'll know if he's starting and then if he is, he's a go. So from that perspective, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah, and then good thing with Mitchell, too, is, I mean, we'll have a real clear idea of who else to, might be the start. I mean, they have hardly any running backs that are healthy, so Jeff Wilson might not play. It could be just the Michael Hasty show. I think if he does, if, if Wilson's healthy enough, it's the Wilson show, so... Uh, the one other guy I was going to mention here is just Logan Thomas. Just I, I this probably is going to sound weird from a dynasty perspective. I kind of like him as maybe a buy. Uh, he's 30 and most people are probably thinking he's dust because he's got a season ending injury. He's been injured most of the year. Uh, I still think he's going to be the tight end there next year. And you could probably get him for like a third right now. And he produced really well while he was in the lineup this year. I mean, it wasn't a lot of games, uh, but even just off this last injury, he came back for two games, uh, scored a touchdown in one, almost scored a touchdown in the other, and, and they, they were targeting him plenty. So uh, he's a guy I think you can get for, like, next to nothing. That I th- You know, he's 30, but, I mean, tight ends can go to, like, they're 33, 34, and, and he hasn't been playing the tight end position uh, long. He got converted to tight end and wasn't, wasn't getting a lot of time uh, – prior to like last year. So uh, I definitely think he's a guy you could get for cheap that nobody's really going to be thinking about and maybe just get, I won't even target him specifically. Maybe you you know just throw Logan Thomas into this bigger deal or something like that. For sure. I love that. And I wasn't big on Logan Thomas coming into this year. I kind of whiffed on him, honestly. I was thinking (laughs) it was like a Gary Barnage situation with him and it wasn't, and it isn't. So yeah, I, I love that. Again, the only other thing I wanted to mention here, a uh, little news piece, was that Joe Brady was fired, the uh, Panthers offensive coordinator, during their bye week, you know, because it's all his fault that they lost their best player and have no quarterback, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess uh, the biggest thing I, I, w- I wanted to mention out of this is that the only piece I really care about that's there now is DJ Moore. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just curious in general, and not that this Brady firing necessarily affects him one way or another this year for sure. Which, where are you guys at on DJ Moore? Because I was super high on him, and he's just he's kind of never lived up to the billing. So, Jake, what do you what do you think on DJ Moore? I think he remains a solid wide receiver too for me going forward. I, I really haven't adjusted him much at all. It's just he's always a victim of stupid circumstance. Like he can't. He cannot catch a break. I don't know. and it. But I'm out on him being the superstar wide receiver. I've never really seen that personally, and I don't project that going forward. But I think he'll continue to be a really reliable guy because even for the majority of this year, he has been. It's just felt really weird most of the time. Um, but he's honestly, he's he's good enough where, like, the worst circumstances are happening, and he's chugging through it. So, you know, better things on the horizon. 
Yeah, and I was previously on that uh, DJ Moore is going to be a wide receiver one train, but I, I, I've come down to earth like where, where you are. I, he's a solid wide receiver too. It, it was it hurts so much too because he started off so great when Sam Darnold had those good first three games. I think DJ Moore had three touchdowns, which has always been his problem, and uh, turned out you know. Sam Darnold turned back into a pumpkin, and 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 T.J. Moore's touchdowns dried up, and and Cam Newton, uh, you know, had that awful game last week. So 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 Scott, where where are you at on D.J. Moore? Yeah, I was never really a D.J. Moore guy. Um, I didn't really get it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess like I remember that rookie class. His similarities for me were to like uh, Stephon Diggs, but. Not, I mean, Diggs is an incredible route runner, and I think DJ Moore is a very good route runner too. But he's not that like physical, big, like go, you know, contested catch, touchdown guy. And we've seen that he doesn't score touchdowns, so it's like he's kind of like the new Julio from that standpoint. Whereas, like, he's gonna make those run after the catch, he's gonna get you some big plays, but like, he doesn't score the touchdowns. Um, I agree he isn't, but I always you know. thought that, you know, like Chris Godwin isn't that type of guy either. And Chris Godwin can still get you like six, seven, eight, nine touchdowns. I always thought DJ yeah. couldn't. Maybe if he had a quarter, maybe if he had Tom Brady, he could get eight touchdowns. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of people are saying that was Julio's problem was the quarterback, Matt Ryan. Cause look at Pitts. He doesn't score touchdowns either. So, yeah. I mean, that very well may be. Um, you know, DJ Moore, it, it's probably a buying opportunity. I just, I don't know what they're doing there at this point. You know, Joe Brady was like the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know, like nine months ago. And now yeah. he's <laughs> fired. Like what? Like just, you know, and it's like, it's almost, I almost felt bad for him. Cause it's like just after all the college hiring went on, <laughs> right. you know, well, if he had been fired like two weeks now, yeah. ago, like he, he'd probably be the head coach somewhere right now. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I kind of feel for him. I'll be curious to see where he goes and what he does. I don't think he had a lot to work with. Um, and he did show some good. Yeah. I, I mean, the first three games, right. We saw like what that offense could be. So, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Uh, and I think ultimately Matt rule wants to kind of put his stamp on it. If he's going to go down with the ship, he's got to, it's got to be up to him. Um, so I, I can understand why they're doing that, but still, it's, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing with any of those pieces. DJ Moore, maybe, I guess, if you want to buy. Otherwise, he's probably a hold at this point. Just let's see what happens next year. They'll get a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. He's not someone I'm – I have a decent amount of DJ Moore already, but he's not someone I'm looking to acquire at this point. I But there's no point in selling him. He's not – he's not – he's – I wouldn't say he's at, a, at an all-time low or anything, but he's not certainly not anybody that anyone else is probably going to be pursuing either. So why bother? Uh, okay, so we'll get right into. It. We actually had, got a listener question that got DM'd to me earlier this week, and I want to. I did answer the guy because he DM'd me, but I wanted to get your guys' take on this, and then I'll. I'll I guess I'll let you know what I said to him. Uh, it came from a listener, Mike Gherkin at Midwest Pats fan. And uh, he says, in one of my leagues, which is a 10-team PPR, one QB, I have a good team on paper, but injuries have really hurt me. He had uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. Um, says he's currently seated fifth, though, with the 6-7 and seven record. The thing is, there's four other teams with the same record. Because of points, he's the top spot of that group. He says, I, I know I can't win this thing, so do I tank this week to improve my draft spot? 
the incident. But he also says the other option is I have been in talks with the Terry McLaurin manager who wants my first and Damian Harris for him. Do I do that trade and try and win this week to keep that draft pick in the back half of the draft and, and maybe get in there and see what happens? So, uh, Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. I, yeah, I see you thinking hard there. So what, what do you think? Yeah, this is such a tough spot to be put in. Personally, I, I'm not a fan of active tanking in, in a particular week. That's just that's just not for me. But I, I understand if you truly just like, man, this it's not happening. Then, okay, do what you got to do. But <laughs> I am always of the mindset, like, if you get into the playoffs, truly anything can happen in the fantasy playoffs. And if you are right on the verge with this, I'm my mindset is like, just go in and see what you can do. See what kind of uh, other chaos happens throughout the fantasy playoffs. And you might be the beneficiary of that. Uh, Cause you know, no time like the playoffs does luck play a, a big part here. So that trade though is very interesting. And if you're in a position where that's basically a done deal with the Damian Harris in the first for McLaurin, I'm very comfortable with that. I don't think it's going to make or break the fantasy playoffs for this team personally, but it could certainly help. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that, but Scott, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm going to piggyback off of what we talked about last week with being in the middle um, and kind of basing off my experience. Is there going to be a big difference between having the 106 and the 108? Like if you're the first team out and you you have the 107 or if you start tanking and you're basically you have one week to get down and maybe points wise you get the 105. Is there is there that big of a difference? So I, I'd rather take the the risk of anything can happen once you're in the playoffs. Right. So even if I make a run and then get crushed and I get the 110 or something, I mean, fine. You know, like I, I'd rather do that. There's not that big of a difference. Um, you know, the 101 to the 104 is a lot bigger of a difference than the 105 to the 108. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'd rather just go for it. As far as the trade, uh, you know, McLaurin hasn't been great with Heineke. Um, so basically this whole season. Um, and, I, you know, giving up Damian Harris in the first, I think it's a good trade. I'd rather have McLaurin for sure. Um but I guess it depends on, you know, he's a little bit older. He came into the league a little bit older, so he's older than people think. You know, uh, he's not 25. You know, pe- people generally are like, well, he's been in the league a couple of years. You know, he's still young, but he's actually not as young as you think. So I don't know. That maybe pushes me the other way. It depends because you lost two good receivers with Ridley and Woods. So I don't know who else you're starting. If you have to start three wide receivers, can you start two? Um, is it going to make that much of a difference? Like if you think you can make it to the top three and win some money, um, then yeah, go for it because all you're going to get with that first next year is you're going to try to hope to get the next Terry McLaren. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to do that trade for the proven guy. Uh, Yeah. And basically my answer to this guy was kind of a combination of what you two said. Basically I I, I said uh, uh, the exact thing you were saying that, that, if he's where he is now, that that pick is not going to move that much if he tanks this week. And just like Jake said, that was a big stress point for me to him is that I don't, I, I'm not going to actively actively tank any week, any season, anything like that. I'm not a fan of that at all. So 
I basically just told him to do nothing. That's what I told him. <laughs> I, 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 the trade is okay. I, I agree with you. I'd prefer Terry McLaurin uh, um, probably – well, definitely over Damian Harris. I just don't know that I want to give up the first. It uh, could be a non-playoff first depending on what happens this week. Uh, that's the other thing, too, I told him is that, you know, he could tank this week or try and tank this week and, and maybe some other teams lose and he still gets in anyway. So so what's the <laughs> point? So I figured, you know, just hold on to your first. Uh, don't tank. See what happens. And, you know, worst case, you know, you have like the one, you know, if you really think your team's not going to contend, you have the 107 or whatever it is, uh, you know, the lowest playoff a pick it's it's really not that big of a difference to me so yeah it's a kind of boring answer that's what i told him just just do nothing don't tank don't do the trade <laughs> and just see what happens uh, like 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 uh, jake said embrace the chaos and and maybe it goes your way in the playoffs where it didn't for the regular season um but we're gonna get into our main topic for the night which was uh kind of trying to figure out this dynasty running back landscape right now uh, it's kind of we're in a real. I was talking with Scott about this idea the other day, and we were just both like, "Yes, we need to talk about this because we're in a really weird place with running back." There's there's only like a few young guys that are that are producing well, and then everyone else is either old and producing, old and was producing and producing, and no one thinks they have any value for next year. So, uh, or, or young and not producing. So, uh, wanted to get into kind of where we're seeing these guys. So we're going to do a little exercise. We all came up with a, a top 12, uh, you know, RB ones, uh, in our minds and the way, I, I don't know exactly how these guys looked at it. Cause we didn't really define it, but the way I'm looking at it is just, I'm not worried about these last four weeks. I was just looking at it's going forward, going into next, you know, the off season into next season, which guy would I want? That's kind of how I did it. So I, I, I don't know if that's how you guys did it, but uh, we're going to get into them uh, one at a time, go one through two, whoever it is one through 12 is. And uh, I'm going to uh, kind of try and keep track as we go and maybe come up with a little bit of a consensus at the end. So does anybody not have JT as their one? <laughs> no, sorry. Not, no. couldn't be me. Couldn't be. <laughs> so, yeah, I figured JT was, well, I don't think we really need to talk about him too much. Um, so, you know, obviously he's got the, he's been amazing this year. He's got the draft capital. He's locked in there. Uh, I think he's just a tier above everybody else at this point. So, uh, Jake, uh, who's, your, who's your two then? Two I really struggled with. Uh, there was about three names that I kind of rotated in and out of this spot, but I ultimately landed on an injured fella by the name of DeAndre Swift. Uh, he proved me wrong this year when he played. I was terrified of him this year. I ended up taking him in redraft in like the fifth round or something because he fell. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have touched Swift at all. But you saw him produce despite one of the worst offenses we've seen in like a decade on the Lions this year. So that was as much of a vote of confidence as I needed. The workload, you know, they trusted him with that and he's a great pass catcher. And ultimately he's still very young. Yeah. I'm with you there. Swift was my two as well. And uh, yeah, I mean the, the negatives are, are the, the Lions offense basically, which uh, I mean, his situation I think has nowhere to go with up and he was producing very well you know, with that bad offense. So, yeah, he's, like I said, to me, he's a clear tier, tier below JT, but he was, he was pretty easily the two for me. Uh, Scott, is he your two? 
So he's kind of my two C. I mean, really, I have three guys, and and Jake, I'll be curious to see if we have the same three. But it was kind of situation for me. I mean, we know how disastrous the Lions franchise is, and it's just hard to trust from any aspect. Um, so I guess you could make the argument, like you said, Jake, the fact that he's producing is incredible right that's how good he is um and it's hard for me to really go against him in any way he was my rb1 in that class so um you know clearly i loved him from the start and it's awesome to see him come through for me there um i just i have based on based on situation i have him four but he he could be two like i'd have no issue with him at two um, and then I just had it, it's really for me, um, Najee and Javante Williams, both um, right right in this whole the basically that's the next tier for me. It's JT and then it's Najee, Javante, and Swift, and you can put those guys in any order. I would guess Javante would be four for most people, or or probably further down for most people. But um, I love Shermer's offense. I love his opportunity. You could see they're locking up wide receivers there uh, for the future and trying to make a run at a quarterback. So um, I think he he has nothing but upside, and we got a little bit of a glimpse of that last week. So uh, age-wise, too, for me, it's I just want these young running backs, or I pretty much don't want them at all. So that's why they're going to be in my next. I, I you know I should say this. This is how I thought about if I were drafting a startup today. And I was forced to take a running back. Who would I take? And then, so I'd say I would take JT. And JT's not there. I would take Najee. Najee's not there. I would take. So that's kind of the way that I looked at this. Like if I have to take a running back right now, and out of who's available, so Najee, Javante, and Swift are kind of that second tier for me. Scott, Scott, we're supposed to go one at a time. You're naming like three guys at once. What are you doing? They're all tied. Uh, but Najee, Najee's also Najee's my three. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's producing great in his rookie year, and not a great situation really. He's got the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. It's not a great offensive line. Terrible line. Uh, yeah, so Najee was my three, and Javante was my four. <laughs> so uh, he's looked amazing uh, in the den and another not good offense uh, and splitting time. I mean, we saw what he could do. You know given the, the run by himself this past week and, and he looked amazing. He's like, I believe leading the league and, and well, I think second to Jonathan Taylor in missed, uh, missed tackles um, in, in much, much less carries. So uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's wheels up next year. We expect Melvin Gordon to be gone. So uh, Jake, did you, uh, you got, you had those, do you have those two at, at three and four in some order? I have three. I'm in lockstep through three with Najee there at three. And then it got difficult and it didn't feel good to put this guy at number four, but I felt like I still had to give due respect for some reason to CMC. It felt weird having him <laughs> outside of this range. It felt, I felt like I should have had him higher and I couldn't. Wait till like, you see no where I have him. Put him. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get him into my top three. It just didn't, it, that didn't feel right. He's kind of in this weird limbo space. My issue is, of course, it's durability. What I think is going to happen with CMC is that they're going to have to lessen his touches. 
And we know that he can still be incredibly efficient and he's an amazing running back overall and pass catcher. So his value should still be really, really good for another three years, but he's just not going to get the same workload, which is, which is fine. Cause then hopefully you can keep him healthy, but Najee, what I want to bring up about him, keeping him at number three, like he was almost my number two because it's a very similar deal with Swift. It's the worst of the worst situations for him right now. And he's getting so many touches that it almost doesn't matter. So once those touches start to become more meaningful in that offense, which they, God, they just have to, uh, once Ben is out of the picture, then, you know, it's the moon, as the kids say. Yes, yes. <laughs> so CMC of four, uh, I'll, get to, I'll get to where I have them when we get, down that far um scott <laughs> uh you, you already got through your top four so why don't you give who your five is okay so this is this is another tier then for me so i will start with with five and uh i no went name six I guys went, this time i went with with dalvin <laughs> cook dalvin cook at my at my five spot there um he is 26 so he's getting up there, but there's a couple other guys coming up there about his age and older anyway. So he's kind of the, to me, the safest for the near future, you know, um, I guess he's getting the volume and he can handle it for the most part, other than whatever the shoulder thing is, but he seems to be banged up, but he seems to play and he's not missed near the amount of games CMC has. So uh, for me in this, in this third tier, then I, I would take cook next uh, yeah i mean i kind of feel silly now with this game tonight i you guys are gonna <laughs> think i'm crazy when we get through my whole list because i i did not put cook on my top 12 um what? <laughs> wow um mainly just because coming into this game you know he he's produced solidly this year he hasn't had as many boom games as cook has had in the past He's getting banged up like he always does, and the age thing. I'm not generally an ageist, but when it comes to running backs hitting 26, 27, I kind of am. So uh, I just, like, as you'll see, I, I I kind of downgraded most of the old guys. And uh, Cook, I like I said, I, I kind of was worried with this latest injury. I did not expect when I made my list a couple days ago or yesterday that he was going to be coming back tonight either. And running for 150 yards in the first half. Um, so I maybe should have put him on there, but, uh, but yeah, where did you have cook on, on your list? Jay? I do. I thought, I thought I had him too low. I thought you guys <laughs> were going to call me crazy. Cause I have him at number eight and it was really a lot of the durability issues. And it's not that he's not an amazing player as we're obviously seeing tonight and if i had waited and watched the first half and then adjusted these rankings he'd be at like <laughs> what's better than one i don't know that little asterisk above everybody else um but it is kind of a function of like i think there's going to be a big shift with minnesota coming up here and i don't know where he falls into those plans and that's where i mean this whole thing with ranking running backs for dynasty is so tough because situations change in an instant for any of these guys and the ceiling can be easily attainable or the floor can drop out immediately i'm thinking it doesn't drop out on him but if there's a big reshuffling of the vikings offense next year then i have questions for him and and, and yeah, yeah i i agree and and just to for the record i mean this could change like every single day i could do this tomorrow and i would order them totally differently so um right 
But at five, uh, I had uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, he's finally kind of produced the way we always hoped he would. He's tied to a, a great offense who's everyone there is going to be there for a while, including uh, him. I, I don't know when they have the easiest out in this contract, but he is, if they want him there for multiple years, he's been extended. You know, he's got Joe Burrow as his quarterback. Uh, the volume he gets is, is, is insane now. I mean, it was previously, but I think since Gio left, it's got even better. And uh, he's kind of the youngest of some of this older guard, uh, you know, that we're talking about, like Cook and, and McCaffrey. He's a year younger than most of those guys, which helps, too. So I ended up putting Mixon at five. Um, Cook was your five. So, Jake, who was uh, your five? I went with a youngish guy of that ilk as well in Nick Chubb. He's just barely slightly under those guys. I believe he's 25 still though currently. And what's interesting to me about Chubb is I I've never really had him in redrafts ever because his his price always seemed too high. His ADP always felt too high to me given especially now like he's sharing that backfield with Kareem Hunt. But that experiment could be up at any time as well. And so if he is lucky enough to finally get the uh, backfield to himself in any meaningful way, as we've seen with a couple of games this year, then he's just so dominant. I know it's the Browns, and that's why I actually questioned putting him in at five. It's like, well, it's the Browns, but he's another guy. I'm addicted to these guys who are in the worst situation <laughs> and still making it happen. And so I, I had to get Chubb in there. Yeah, my, my main concern with Chubb is just uh, the lack, you know, because obviously we're looking at this from a PPR perspective. Most people playing PPR, the lack of the pass catching work and and Hunt being there. Hunt likes to steal those touchdowns. Uh, he steals most of the passing work. But uh, but yeah, I, I just uh, oh, Scott just disappeared on us. Uh, <laughs> well, I bored uh, him with my Nick Chubb. Uh, take there, or are you so outraged by it that he had to get as far so. away from me as possible? <laughs> I believe Scott, uh, he DM me is having technical difficulties, so uh, let me just get rid of this for the people watching. Okay, there we go. So, uh, so yeah, we'll just keep moving on, and we'll, we'll have to get Scott to catch up when he comes back. So, you had Chubb there, uh, so that was five, I believe I gave my five, uh, of. Yeah, Mixon at six. Uh, I went young again, and this is probably going to seem way too high because I, I haven't said Chubb. I haven't said Cook, but uh, I just love this guy, and he's finally producing the way I expected him to this year. It's Antonio Gibson, uh, another young guy. Uh, his the One of the big issues there is McKissick. You know, he takes a lot of that passing work, but – a, his contract is up at the end of this year. Uh, B, he's 29 years old. I mean, they could resign. I mean, he's not going to cost them much, but but I'm hoping he's not in the picture much longer. And C, they've actually been giving Gibson some passing work since their bye a few weeks ago. Uh, he's he had, he had a seven-catch game recently, even with McKissick. It was in a game that McKissick scored two touchdowns. Uh, Gibson still got seven catches. They're just feeding him the ball. I think – a, pro a lot of this year was a product of that shin injury that we kept hearing about every week. Uh, ever since the bye, it seems like it may have healed up, and he's producing uh, very well. Uh, I mean, I guess the biggest issue besides McKissick is just that the offense isn't 
amazing right now. I kind of think uh, Heineke may not be the quarterback next year. We can hope for an upgrade, maybe not, since they're they're potentially a playoff team. So I don't know that they're going to be drafting a guy. Maybe they will, because a lot of these guys aren't going to go high this year, uh, at least from what you hear. That it's there's a lot of guys, but there's no the guy or, or a couple of you know outstanding prospects. So what are your what are your thoughts on Gibson, Jake? And did he even make your list? He did. He, okay. <laughs> he got into my top 12. I honestly, I felt a little foolish having him at 11 where he is on my list right now. And because there's so much room for growth with him that isn't mm-hmm. there for a lot of the guys that I put ahead of him. And so, you know, ultimately I could tinker around with this probably and move him as far up as seven. Um, but I am a little concerned about the situation with the quarterback. I know, like you said, Heineke, maybe not their guy for the future. They could draft sort of a project quarterback for next year, have Heineke maybe there as a bridge, or they could do something as terrible for fantasy as taking Jimmy Garoppolo on or something like that. I could see all of those outcomes and that would terrify me quite frankly. (laughs) But I mean, the fact that Gibson was a a wide receiver in college comes into the NFL. We haven't gotten to see enough of that from him yet. I'm sure pass blocking played a big role in why we haven't seen that yet. And like you said, with McKissick, hopefully out of the way here next year, yeah. that could open up that door pretty wide. And then he looked pretty stupid at, at number 11 here. <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny how this, uh, this, this seems to keep happening with certain guys, like Sony Michelle, when he came out, he was known as a, as a, as a guy who catch passes, Josh Jacobs, when he came out, it was one of his pluses that he could catch passes. Gibson was a freaking wide receiver. And, uh, uh, we didn't even know at first that he was going to be, you know, designated running back uh, when he was drafted. And yet, uh, you know, all these guys, Jacobs actually is also finally starting to get thrown the ball these last, since these last few weeks, even with Drake there. Now that Drake's out, I, I think he might get a lot more, but yeah, I think he had like nine targets this past week. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Gibson, uh, Gibson definitely, I think is, uh, is a guy that, that you should be trying to get net. Well, it might be too late now. You should have gotten him probably a month ago when everybody was down, <laughs> but I, I, he definitely has room to grow. Like you said, a lot of room to improve and, and, uh, you know, we got Kyle Sander in the chat. He's here almost every week. Love Kyle. You mentioned he had the identical top five to you, Jake, and, and he does have Gibson at, uh, at RB six. Um, so, uh, over through my top six. So what's uh, what's your number six? I, this is another one I didn't feel good about. And <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> I could easily flip-flop number six and seven. This is really tough. I would have him Kamara at six still. And it's purely because in terms of PPR and, in again, in terms of bad situations, like I, I swear I'm addicted to these types of players, but he is once again in an unenviable situation in new Orleans right now. And it's still, it's not really affecting him. Like I know that he's had maybe a down week and otherwise he's been pretty steady still in that garbage offense that is happening there. Like I, I know he's old, but he (laughs) is not somebody who's going to grow into his age as poorly as a lot of these guys on the list. Like, I maintain that there is a Danny Woodhead type of experience to be had with Alvin Kamara, meaning, like, at age 29, Alvin Kamara can still be incredibly relevant for your team. I don't think that's the case with most anybody else on this list, (laughs) maybe save for one or two. So that's why I still have him deep in my heart and in my top six here. 
Yeah, and I do have uh, Kamara on my list a little bit lower. Uh, I have him at uh, I have him at ten, um, partially because of the age, uh, partially which and I, I I do agree. I think a lot of these pass catching type backs, or, or at least the, where they get more of their points from pass catching, I think they do have a longer shelf life, which which means maybe I shouldn't be down on, on CMC as on C, as much on CMC as I am. Try saying that five times fast, um, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I think I kind of, it's partially my heart there just to, you know, I can't deal with these injuries, you know, after two years, I just, I want the headache gone, I think is part of it. So <laughs> in six months, I'll probably move CMC on my board from where I have them. But anyway, Kamara, uh, it's the, it's the age a little bit. The situation is also concerning to me. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Uh, the offense is kind of just like, it's basically Kamara and nobody else. So Michael Thomas is not going to be there after this year. Uh, they have nothing at wide receiver. I'm sure they'll probably draft one. Uh, but but it's all just the there's a whole bunch of factors that had to concern me a little. So I just knocked him down some. But I agree he's he's definitely a guy that should still be in the RB one conversation. Uh, so that was your six. So I will go to my seven since for those listening, by the way, it may have not seen Scott disappear. He he was having some technical difficulties. He's, he's hoping to make it back here. I uh, don't know if he will or not, but so you'll just be hearing from me and Jake for a little bit unless Scott shows back up. Um, but anyway, at seven, I have one Saquon Barkley. So, which is kind of funny because a lot of the stuff I just said about Alvin Kamara applies to Saquon Barkley. But <laughs> <laughs> right. He is at least a couple of years younger. I still think the upside is there. Uh, he, he looked really good. You know, when he came back at the beginning of the year, he was definitely, they were still limiting him because of the injury. Uh, by about game three, he started producing a couple games. I think he had two 25-ish point games, like weeks three and four. Um, was looking like the old Saquon, even even in a not great offense. And then he just happens to step on a guy and rolls his ankle <laughs> and, and is out a bunch of weeks. And when, here we, but I, I don't kind of lump him into this, the Christian McCaffrey category either. I mean, he had he had one injury last year it was a you know a devastating injury as an ACL, and then he had a fluke thing this year with CMC. It's been like this injury and that injury and a couple soft tissue injuries, and that, that that's why I'm kind of getting out on him. And he's he's a year, I think, a year plus older than Saquon. So, uh, so yeah, I still believe in the upside of Saquon. I'm hoping the offensive line can improve next year. Uh, I'm hoping for a quarterback upgrade next year. So some of this is hope, uh, but but I just think I just still I think there's more upside there in Saquon right now than there is in McCaffrey, and and even in Kamara. I mean, I just I think Saquon's. Uh, inherently a better talent than Kamara. It's just a matter of if the situation can improve enough. And, and since both of them need situation improvements, I put Saquon higher. So, so w- did you have Saquon on your list, uh, Jake? And where are you at on Saquon? Yeah, I had him further down, um, <laughs> but I had him at number nine. So, which again, feels outrageous. I know. Be, you know, coming into the season, it's, like there's no way I would have put him outside of my top It's like a changing of, of the guard five. right now, yeah. It, 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 it really feels like that. It feels yeah. like this crazy wave is crashing over in terms of the youth movement or so to speak at, at rookies, or excuse me, at running backs, even though I only have like two young guys up here at the top. <laughs> but Saquon at number nine is more a product for me of 
it's not just the injuries. It's also a frustration with the inconsistency that you get. And not even so much game to game, but like play to play. You get crazy inconsistency from Saquon. I know part of it is his situation. Because it's like, okay, Saquon ran for 65 yards. Fantastic. And now his next eight runs all went for like two yards total. And it's like, what is happening <laughs> yeah. with, with this? Like, I, he's either going to hit it big or he's not going to hit it at all. That's what she said. Uh, and it's just <laughs> a little bit frustrating to uh, to have to deal with that. So I liked the consistency of some of these guys a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it still feels real weird having him at number nine. Okay, so, yeah, but, but not too far off. Uh, we may never know where Scott had Saquon, but uh, we're just going to bust <laughs> on Scott until he shows up again. And if he doesn't, we'll just do it the rest of the show. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so that was uh, my seven. So I don't think we did your seven. Oh, yes, my seven. Finally, finally, I can get to Javante Williams. Uh, um, there we go. The disrespect to have him here at seven. <laughs> and, you know, if I had more than a one-game sample of him getting full duties, I think I, I would have a different outlook here. My question, I guess, was always, you know, I can assume rational coaching, which is probably a dumb idea most of the time. But in the case of Denver, and I know Melvin Gordon's been good. I do. I understand and appreciate that Melvin Gordon has been solid. But my question is always, okay, Javante Williams is amazing. He's a stud. Why isn't he getting more of the work when Melvin is in? Melvin can be good for a spell back. Why hasn't Javante taken that leap over him? It probably is just a coaching thing. It probably is just a play calling thing and not an indictment of Javante Williams. But I think that's my hiccup here. And the other hiccup is what, again, is happening with the offense next year. So... Down the line, sure, things can absolutely get righted in Denver unless they go out and make a splash signing next year at quarterback. I don't I, I don't know. I feel like, yes, he can still be really, 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 really good. Can he be top five good? I don't know. So that's my only hang up with him. Yeah. And I get that. I just, yeah, I just, I, he was, I was big on him coming into the year. He was my RB two over ETN behind Najee. And uh, it was kind of a big gap for me between Javante and ETN. So I, it's kind of a, uh, you know, what, what we're seeing in spurts is kind of confirmation bias for me. So, and I also think that just value wise, we're going to see, you know, when Gordon leaves, even though everyone knows there's a really good chance Gordon's going to leave when Gordon leaves, everyone's going to just shoot his value up into the stratosphere, I think. So, so that's why I had him so high. Um, so I will get to my eight, which is a guy who hasn't been mentioned yet. Um, and, and I think this is a guy, if, if, Scott, if Scott was here and maybe you will think I probably have a little too high. It's Austin Eckler. Uh, he's another one of those pass catching guys. And this is a guy I could see you guys not having on your list, but he, he is a little older. This is when I started getting into the older guys was in the second half of this, you know, this bottom third of the list. So uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, he's he's been the RB2 this year, pretty much uh, behind Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he was uh, he was the RB2 earlier, even with behind Derrick Henry before JT took off. And uh, he's kind of stayed in that spot. He keeps producing week after week. And as we talked about, you know, these, you know, he's one of the one of those pass catching guys that, that I think can have a longer career. Uh, he doesn't he's he's been banged up here and there, but 
but but hasn't had anything too serious. So and the reason I have him over some other guys we've talked about already, like like Kamara and uh, CMC even, uh, which I know most people will probably think is nuts, um, is that uh, I just think that the situation is the situation. He's he's tied to Herbert. Uh, he's tied to a good offense there. Keenan's there. Uh, Mike Williams might be leaving, but I just think that offense is going to be pretty good for a while. And Carolina's and New Orleans, I, I have no idea. So, uh, like I said, Saquon, I don't either, but I I just am such a fan of the talent. Um, so, Jake, why don't you go on? Uh, why don't you tell us what you think about Eckler, um, and then we'll we'll move on to the to the next guy on the list. Yeah, Eckler felt like he's at number twelve for me. And it's another situation where I probably should have had him higher. And it just felt like uh, a small sample again with a guy where, so this is the first year we've gotten to see him really endure the big workload and be properly utilized at the goal line. We didn't get to see that at all in previous years. And it was frustrating, I think, for a lot of us who had high hopes for Austin Eckler. Of course, you were always saved by his pass-catching ability, so we're talking PPR here. That's why there's no way I could keep him outside of my top 12. I wanted to bump him up a little higher. It was more a factor of, like, I don't know what guys I can actually move down to get him there. It's, it's nothing against Austin Eckler. And to the point that I made about Alvin Kamara before, where, he can sustain a lengthy career, a la Danny Woodhead, my favorite reference for all pass-catching running backs, probably for eternity. I'll never stop comparing them to Danny Woodhead. Um, but like Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, yes, he can maintain that usage for a longer period of time. I just don't think he's proven to hold up quite as well as Kamara has. Kamara, yes, I mean, he's he's dealt with some issues here this year. But over the course of his career, I haven't felt like here's a guy who's not going to, to stick, uh, you know, from week to week. Here's a guy who I'm going to have to worry about uh, getting crunched all the time. Austin Eckler just still feels like he's he's too, I don't want to say too small, but it does feel a little bit like, can he hold up to a consistent workload? And not just catching passes, but if he continues to get used at the goal line and in short yardage situations, how long can he hold up for? Of course, it'll probably be at least a couple of years. So, again, 12 could be tough, but I just couldn't figure out who to put over him. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't fault you there. Like I said, I, I think most people would have him probably a little lower than I do. Um, so, yeah, Eckler at 12 for you. So, who... Uh... I think we said you're nine. Yeah, I'll, I'll even just bang off my eight, nine, ten real quick because they're all guys that we've already talked about. Um, so I'm not going to belabor the point too much. But at eight, I had Dalvin Cook. Uh, again, probably should have him higher after this game. At nine, I had Saquon here finally. And then at 10, I had Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, I could understand the case for him being inside the top five now. I wouldn't have said that. Coming into this season, I was basically completely out on Joe Mixon. He made me look quite the fool. Um, and in that, he has maybe the most assured offensive situation of most of these guys, I think, on the list for me. But I am a little, I think his upside's still a little capped 
honestly. I know he can have massive games, and he's been more consistent this year. I just I, I don't know that he can maintain that. It's it's like man, we had to wait until what's this year five now to see this out of Mexican or year four? It's like ah, what what about all of those other years? You know, I know he dealt with <laughs> injuries and all of that, but no, I I couldn't uh, bump him down out of my top ten either. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I think uh, the guy next uh, couple guys I have are guys we've talked about as well. Nine is where I finally have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it, it's. I, I just like I said. I, it's some of it's probably uh, emotional. I, just having to deal with it. I've owned him in a, a couple leagues uh, over the past few years, and just dealing with the injuries year after year after year. Uh, not year after year, but game after game after game, and uh, right. in the last two years, and again, situation. And I kind of see him, and you mentioned it, I think, when we talked about him earlier. Uh, I, the workload, I don't think, is going to be there ever again. I think you'd have to be insane at this point as a coach to uh, to have him give him that kind of workload, give him what's happened these last two years. So I kind of see him as sort of. Eckler-esque going forward, actually, where he's going to get a ton of passing work, um, but he's not, you know, he's not going to get this much work rushing the ball and he'll score you some touchdowns just like Eckler does. Uh, but, but I just don't see the workload being there and I don't see him being in as good of an offense as Eckler is going to be unless they maybe get, you know, like Deshaun Watson or something, then, then, then I definitely move him up from nine. Uh, and again, the age thing, but Eckler has that as well. So I have them back to back. I have them eight and nine. They're very close to me. I, like I said, I see them similarly. Um, and 10 uh, was Alvin Kamara for me. Again, situation. So basically those three pass catching guys, I kind of all have like basically all in one tier. I, I could move them eight to 10 in any order, basically. So Honestly, uh, your the, system seems a lot more rational when, when you <laughs> put, put it out like that. Like, yeah, all these three guys really are of a similar type. And the, <laughs> I think part of it is probably just still name attachment for me and not being able to move on from their historical production. Because, yeah, I don't, you know, a, what an eight gap difference between CMC and Eckler for me. When you put it that way, it's a little weird. <laughs> uh, but I get it. I get it. Eckler, yeah, Eckler doesn't have the cachet that that, that CMC has, and uh, you know he may never. If we're talking value in this as well as production, I mean, he stills probably after even after this season, he could probably finish his RB two. And I still don't know that he's necessarily above. See, maybe they're equal at best. Like come the off season, when people aren't worried about points and things like that. I think maybe. They're, they're, they're approximately equal. So you can still get I still think you can get a decent amount for CMC in a trade. Um, and, and in the offseason, as the people don't care that he's not scoring points anymore, I think its value is just going to go go up again. So uh, I, I don't think it's crazy to have him that far. far. That's just where I am. So uh, so we're through 10, I think, on each of our lists. So why don't you uh, give your 11? 11, I finally got Antonio Gibson in here. Oh, and again, it's like, man, I look at this list and the guy's stepping on his head on top of this list. is like, <laughs> he, uh, he could so easily. And that's the thing. You mentioned it earlier. If this was tomorrow and I went ahead and deleted this list and started fresh, this could change so many different ways. And Antonio Gibson's growth is still probably the most exciting out of everybody outside of, I'd say, you know, Javante Williams and, and Najee, like his is the most exciting and, and has the biggest ceiling 
on here. So it, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, we actually talked about your 12 earlier, uh, which was my my eight, uh, Eckler. So so we got through Jake's entire list. I actually have two guys we have not talked about yet um, as the bottom two guys on my list. Uh, number 11, uh, I'm again going old guy, and uh, it's Derek Henry, actually. Uh, I just think there's potential there. I, given some of the other things I said, I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't even have him on there. I probably should have had Cook over him. Cook's got a couple years less. It's not in a bad offense, especially after what we're seeing tonight. Uh, where's he at right now? 179 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so wild, yeah. So I, I think I might replace him with Cook at this point, maybe move uh Henry down to 12 or 13. But when I was doing this, that's what I was thinking. It's just I think there's still potential there for one great season, and that was enough for me to put him at 11. Uh, he seems up until this year, he seemed pretty indestructible. Uh, uh, but the, and I don't even know this, the, the injury he got was a quote unquote sort of workload injury that he just had too many, ca- you know, that's what we all worry about. But I, I think of that more as we start seeing that soft tissue stuff and hamstring pulls and, and uh, torn ligaments or something like that. It, he more, he just kind of broke his foot. So, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, just, as, you know, with just getting so many carries, you're increasing your chances for injury, but I don't know that it's necessarily an overuse injury. So, uh, I still think he has the potential to kind of stay healthy through all of next year and produce one more great season, even at 28. So again, I think, I feel like now that I'm reading this and saying this out loud, that I may be contradicting everything I said and all my other guys, but, but what are your thoughts on Henry? He again, felt egregious to leave out, but I, I was erring on the side of, better to be a year too early to announce somebody dead for fantasy purposes (laughs) than a year too late. And not saying that he's going to be completely irrelevant or useless or anything like that. But I do think that that cliff that I was kind of anticipating happening uh, when we came into the season, I think might finally be there once he returns from this injury, but we'll see. I mean, I already heard reports that they're talking like he might try and make his way back here this year yet. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, that could change everything for me. And, and then he might sneak into my top 12. You know, yeah. if I can see him close out the season and, and look he looks anywhere like close Hannon. to what yeah. he looked like. Yeah, then, <laughs> hey, that one season for next year for Dynasty purposes would be worth a top 12 spot. Yeah, and that, that that's what I'm th- and I that's they they have been talking about that, that that even if he doesn't come back in the regular season, he if assuming the Titans make the playoffs, I think they think there is a decent shot. I think it was a six to ten week injury when they announced it, um, which was about mid season ish. So that would get him in line to be back for the playoffs. So it'll be very interesting if he comes back if he's he's rolling up 150 and, and two or three touchdowns or not. Um, I definitely think if that happens, you know, th- that value is going to be going to be there even with the injury this year. But uh, we'll have to for see. Sure. And my 12 was uh, a guy who's not even playing J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I was just very high on him coming out. He looked great last year um, in limited. T- oh, look who's here. Scott. Hey. Sidwell. OK. Okay. Well, so I was just talking about J.K. Dobbins. Uh, oh, great. Scott has returned from his technical difficulties. I actually had him at my 12 uh, because of how good he looked last year. Uh, and and one thing I wanted to bring up, I, I need to, to pull it up on my screen here, is uh, 
this is sort of what convinced you because I, I had so much trouble doing this list too. This was really hard. <laughs> um, mixing up these old guys and these young guys and who you want. Uh, but what convinced me is Devonte Freeman, since he got the workload after their buy, like that's when he started getting double digit carries. So week nine on, which is a small sample, five weeks, but he's been the RB 11 and that's, Devon, that's the corpse of Devonte Freeman. Uh, so, and, and he's also getting uh, some pass catching work. He has a six target game. He has uh, a couple four target games, and that's one of the big worries we had about Dobbins. Is uh, you know would Lamar throw him the ball uh, because they don't get their running backs involved that much? Uh, and he just looked electric running the ball last year. As long as you know he fully recovers from that ACL injury, which with today's modern medicine, I think we usually see guys do come back to full strength uh eventually it might not be at the beginning of the season uh, but since his was before the season maybe it will uh but i just think that there's so much potential there and uh you know apparently with running backs i'm more ageist than i am anywhere else so another young guy to round out the list uh since you made then- a great point though with with dobbins <laughs> that i hadn't considered which was the pass catching thing like I had written that off and I hadn't even allowed Devonta Freeman to enter my brain in that way. Cause why would I at this point? Uh, Cause it feels icky to let him roam around in there. A uh, 29 year old somehow doing the things that he's doing yeah. now on the Ravens offense, but it's, it's a really valid point. And the injury thing, I guess it's nice that his injury occurred so early in a yeah. weird way. <laughs> you know, I almost add Cam Akers as my number 12 here and i probably just got caught up in the hype videos that he posted of him like training (laughs) because if he is full health then you know that would be a game changer too yeah and i i just worry the achilles has always been that you know death injury for running backs and but i mean deontay foreman is 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 had a hundred yard game last week i mean it's not like he's uh you know producing regularly and it's just finally got back in the nfl really right. um but but i mean it shows you can't come back and i don't think anybody expects him to never come back it's just i don't think i can depend on him to produce at the level we were all hoping for that's why i, I didn't really have him considered for my list but uh scott any any thoughts on, on dobbins here um, so I had written down 17 running backs when I was doing my initial uh, rankings here and trying to figure out where they are, and I didn't even write down Dobbins. So um, <laughs> you don't was like he Dobbins kind of or... out of sight, out of mind? Uh, maybe yeah. a little bit. Um, he's definitely would not be, you know, that far down. You know, I, I'd certainly have him above guys like, you know, Zeke and Aaron Jones and Monty and some of those guys. So so he he probably is real close to 12 for me, maybe like 13 or 14 um so so yeah not not too far out there um and scott i guess why don't we um kind of let you run down your list a little bit since you disappeared on us i think uh yeah we had gotten through your top uh five or so i think cook was at five and then you kind of disappeared on us and me and jake just just went at it uh yeah the rest of our list so uh you'll probably mention a lot of guys we already mentioned but uh why don't you throw them out there yeah, that's fine. So in that third tier, then I had I had Cook at five, Kamara at six, and then CMC at seven. Um, you know, a lot of the things Jake said about CMC, I think if they can find a way to use him, um, you know, somebody else in the backfield and give him less touches, I think both Kamara and CMC could play for, you know, longer than the typical back just to be productive with the pass catching and everything. And then I had another tier break there, and I had uh, Chubb and Barkley and Eckler 
that is like my all avoid tier of like look at the upside and look at the points but like oh my god can you like believe i mean i love nick chubb he just doesn't really catch any passes um even even when hunt was out like he didn't really catch any passes so uh i love nick chubb he's great he's gonna get volume but um i really don't know what's going on in cleveland that's there's another franchise that we just don't know (laughs) so i'd love to have chubb higher but uh, that's just kind of where we're at with him. And then obviously Barkley Neckler, you know, everybody knows about, and then rounding it out. Then I had, uh, so I think that was 10, I think nine, 10. And then, so I had, uh, I, I kind of, I actually, I had Elijah Mitchell kind of flirting there and I thought, you know what, that volume, that offense, but I think I'm going to have him at 13, um, or 14, mix him in with Dobbins there. Um, and so I had Antonio Gibson and Joe Mixon. Uh, I think I would have Mixon 11 and, and Gibson 12. Okay, yeah, and I, I, those I think are all guys we both had on on our list uh, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a lot of overlap there. A few, uh, I, I had CMC, by the way, if you were curious, since I mentioned him before he left. I had him down at nine. So we weren't too far off. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, I, I was trying to see, I, I mentioned to you guys, we're going to try and come up with a little uh, consensus here using a little point system. Um, and my just, spreadsheet's not while, while you're doing that, I just wanted to mention, I, I pulled all these up, pulled these guys up points per game so far this season. And, uh, you know, Camaro's at four. Um, you know, so it's just he's doing what he does, right? He's just missed some games, but he he's been doing it whether it's trevor simeon or you know Jameis winston or it just it hasn't mattered so it's great to see that um naji's at nine you, you know all that volume even a bad situation still volume at nine swift at 10 um you know cmc still seven eckler at three Mixon at five so i mean you can you can see it, it kind of varies all over the board here but you know, the point is there's production to be had and there may actually be some opportunities to maybe trade for some of these older backs as they come down from the peak value where it's like you just couldn't buy them because it's just it's so much to give up. But I think they'll continue producing for, you know, more years as they continue catching passes. Those CMCs, the Camaras, the Ecklers, Mixon getting involved now catching passes you know, I think those guys will actually have some value here over the next few years. Yeah, definitely agree with with a lot of what you said there. And uh, I did finish that while you were talking, so so thanks for doing that, Scott. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, what comes out is the, sort of the consensus top 12. I kind of just uh, did a 12-to-1 point system based on our list, uh, plugged into the spreadsheets. Taylor Swift, I love doing that, by the way, Taylor Swift. Uh, just like Williamson, by the way, Scott. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Taylor Swift at one and two, Najee Javante. So that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. Uh, CMC comes in at five based off our list. Kamara six, Saquon seven, uh, Cook and Chubb come in at eight and nine, partially because I left them off entirely. Um, and I regret leaving Cook off at this point. Uh, <laughs> As you um, and uh, Mixon at 10, Gibson at 11. Uh, who I had much higher. I think he was, I hadn't got to him when you were gone. I, I had him far, far the highest of us. I think I had him at six or five six. or six. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Eckler comes in at 12. So okay. 
So now you guys, can, everyone listening out there knows exactly how to judge the running back landscape because we just gave it to you. So it's perfect. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Uh, okay. So we'll get into find me a trade now. Finish up with find me a trade. This one was submitted by friend of the show and recent guest, Justin Rogers at run DFF. Oh, so you did, you did figure out how to put the name on here. Uh, uh, yeah, this this time I did. Yes, when I'm on the show, I put the name on here, Scott. <laughs> uh, last week I was not hosting, Jacob. Andrew was in my place, Andrew Hall, and and I completely forgot to put who put in the trade, who gave it to us. So they they had a lot of fun uh, ribbing at my expense. Listen, we we made the decision <laughs> when you have the tripod and there's two of the three of us, we just blame whoever's not here. Here, yeah. Right? So <laughs> I that's think it's a works. good methodology. Honestly, <laughs> right? you know, it's worked for a lot of other trios in the past. <laughs> so I think you're wise to adapt it. Um, but yeah, so that's it, Justin. He's uh, from the Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod. If you're not familiar, go listen to that. It's it's super fun show to listen to. And Larry and Justin are really smart guys. Um, but he is in, uh, especially if you listen to that pod or the uh, Dynasty Trades HQ pod, this is the infamous Dynasty Trades HQ1, the OG listener league. Uh, it's a 16-team PPR super flex with a 1.25 tight end premium, which you don't see very much. So just a slight tight end premium. Uh, 0.1 points per carry, small bonuses for big plays, small return yardage points. Uh, basically one point every 25 return yards and there's 30 they man rosters that, if you think about it like that yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's 30 man rosters with 10 taxi spots and start 11 and again this is a 16 team league so everything's super deep um so they start one qb two running backs three wide receivers a tight end uh super flex three flex and uh, that's it so he says he's a strong contender battled injuries all year trying to make a move to solidify starting lineup. Uh, he has, uh, we'll get into his roster in a second, but he prefers not to trade Kyler Mahomes uh, unless he's getting a stud QB in return. The playoff teams are locked in, but he hasn't been able to get it done uh, with anybody who's been eliminated so far. So let me pull up his roster. I can share the screen here. There we go. Hopefully people can see that. Uh, so he has, like as we said, Mahomes and Kyler. He's got Cam Newton on his third, a couple backups. Uh, he's got Saquon. He's got Kareem Hunt. He's got Miles Sanders. Uh, CMC's on his IR. Uh, so he lost him. Mark Ingram is also down there because of the COVID uh, uh, IR. So he's down there. And other than that, not much else startable at running back. Maybe uh, Philip Lindsay eventually. Who knows? Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, as well as Chester Rogers. So pretty solid there. Uh, he has had Michael Thomas on his IR the whole year. A tight end. He's got uh, Mike Kosicki, Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram. Ricky Seals-Jones may be an option at this point. And uh, that's pretty much it there. He also has uh, Chuba Hubbard on his taxi. Um, so he may want to elevate him and possibly start him. So, so that's where his roster's at, uh, and we'll, we'll get into the trades. Uh, I guess uh, I'll go to mine first, um, guy we've been talking about a bit tonight, uh, Christian McCaffrey. That's who I decided to, to, to send off to try and, and bolster his squad here because basically 
Um, I was originally trying to think of a, a small move, but he doesn't really have any picks, so it's not like he can throw a third or a second at somebody for for some you know lower end guy that he can just stick in his lineup. And so to me, CMC seemed his best option to try and you know upgrade and get some get some points in his lineup to try and take this home. He's by the way, he's eleven and two. He's he's in the two seed. Uh, I don't know if he has to buy clinch, but it looks pretty likely. So um, he's definitely a strong contender. So. But CMC is a trade uh, chip. I wanted to try and target a team that just missed the playoffs. Uh, I thought that was a good idea to kind of look at CMC as like this option that could get him over the top next year. Because uh, like we talked about, I think most people still think he's going to be fairly productive going forward. And uh, at, at FF Blitz, which is uh, Michael Sipes from the Dynasty Trades HQ, his team is seven and six. Um, but he's out of the playoffs. It's already been, you know, like Justin said in his description to us, all the teams have already been determined. He's not in there. So he, he wasn't that far off. Um, and I figured he's also a guy just because I normally we don't have this kind of uh, uh, info, but as, as someone who listens to, to their pod, I know he's a guy who's always trying to win right now. He always talks about how he sends off all his picks and he wants to win now. So I could see him doing a move like this where he gets a guy that can help him win now in 2022. Um, so it made a lot of sense to me to target him. CMC replaces Fournette for him next year. Uh, who I, I forget if I said who he was getting. It's a, it would be for Fournette, Gronk, and maybe another small piece if you can squeeze it out of him. I mentioned guys like Edmonds and Parker. Edmonds is coming back from IR this week, Devontae Parker. And guys like this in a 16-team start. Anybody who has a pulse has, has basically value in a start 11, 16-team league. So even though they don't sound exciting, I wouldn't mind squeezing one of them out of them. Um, so, but, yeah, CMC can replace Fournette for him. Uh, he has Waller at tight end, so Gronk, that isn't a huge loss for a team that isn't playing anymore this year. And both of those guys are guys that a lot of people don't see having value in 2022, uh, and to the point where I think some people will consider this cheap to sell CMC, I think. Maybe maybe you guys do, maybe you guys don't. Uh, so, yeah, I think that would get a bunch of points into his lineup um, without uh, – having to give up anything he's worried about now. And I think it's something to get done because it's, it, I can definitely see another owner, especially uh, like I said, Sipes taking on CMC for guys. He ne- doesn't necessarily think you're going to help him too much in 2022. So Jake, I saw you nodding there. Is that agreement or just, you know, you're crazy Rocky. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of both. You're crazy like a Fox uh, because I did look at, well, there's two pieces I initially looked at for this. And one of them was uh, CMC and the other was Saquon and Saquon got in my head a little bit because <laughs> we're doing these rankings for the, the dynasty running backs. And like Saquon ended up lower on my list than I thought in my head he would. And so I thought, well, okay, why not? While he still has all of that name value, why not try and maybe trade him? So I'd like to focusing on those two points or in your case in CMC um you know I'm higher than you are on yes. CMC so I think <laughs> it would be tougher for me to give him up but I I definitely can appreciate the value there yeah and I just I just think there's a lot of value especially in getting two or three guys in, the, in that kind of league um you know in case there's more injuries to get you know through the playoffs and those are at, at for 2022 those are high-end guys I mean Fournette's a top 
six run top five or six running back Gronk is essentially the tight end two when he's playing um and, and then like I said the other piece would just be sort of like oh well I have another guy I could possibly start if I have some more injuries or something so uh Scott any thoughts on that one then maybe we'll, we'll get into yours yeah I mean I've probably talked about trading CMC like every single week for the last <laughs> like two months so uh yeah I, I mean I, I agree with that for sure um, I think the trade makes sense. Like it's, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to win this season, but the thing is with a trade like that, you have to win because <laughs> yeah. next year yeah. then it's like, all right, what happens with Gronk? What happens with Fournette? I mean, I think Fournette's going to have some think, value. Yeah. And but, I do think Gronk, I, I don't yeah. know if he's going to be this good next year, but I think Gronk's going to be there as long as Brady's there. Uh, I agree. And I think if he's playing, he's, he's going to produce, even if it ends up being like the old, um, like Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates, where it was just like, hey, just run into the end zone and, you know, you'll get 10 touchdowns out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's they're not going to go to zero after this season. But if CMC rebounds in any way whatsoever next year, you're going to feel like you sold low. And so if you won, you can live with it. But if you didn't win, you're probably going to be kicking yourself a little bit. Um, but yeah, those are the types of trades you need to make to win. You're giving up nothing and you're adding points to your lineup. So absolutely. I, I, I would do it to win and that's what it's all about. Exactly. So, yeah. And he's been talking about you, especially early in the season. If you listen to Justin's pod, he's been talking about how he's going to win this thing all year. So I'm sure he wants to make that push. So, uh, uh, Scott, you want to give yours and then we'll finish up with Jake's. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can definitely see why he would send this one in. I mean, it's, it's 16 teams. It's there, there's a lot to look at. Um, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, just throw a future pick, but when you don't have any future picks, obviously you can't do that. Right. So, um, CMC kind of seemed like the obvious choice to, to move, but I decided to go a little bit different direction. I thought about maybe, um, moving cam, to because he said he looked at the teams that were eliminated i thought well why don't you look at the teams that are in it that could maybe ha- need a, a second or third quarterback to solidify because honestly if you lose mahomes or kyler and you have to start cam you're not winning anyway i think it's actually an advantage if you could give one of your competition cam to start because likely he's <laughs> going to lose it for them so uh, i would i would enjoy giving cam to my competition um I didn't really find anything that that made perfect sense for that. And and Cam's value is just kind of all over the board. I actually saw him traded straight up for Dobbins in a league right at the deadline last, last week. Cam Newton for Dobbins. Wow. And that's a team that's like all in going for it. Like they needed a quarterback. And it's like, I, I mean, <laughs> I, get, I, I would know, never I do that. I don't flex, care. But uh, yeah, like, like I just uh, get pay cheaper. Like I just, I have a league where I'm going for it. And I actually have, um, it's funny, this league, I, I, I thought about mentioning this earlier too, because I want to, I noticed this recently, this league, I was, uh, I started off one and four. This is kind of like never, we always talk about trying to get out early and being the first to rebuild, but sometimes maybe you don't need to give up. I was one in four, eighth in points. And I started trying to sell people off. I even sold Kamara for Montgomery at first and something else. I think like a third or something. And then he got and, you more points. <laughs> and then, I, and then I, this was actually when Montgomery was hurt, though. So he didn't even get me points right oh, away. Okay, okay. And, but I started winning. 
And uh, and and uh, thanks to Bobby Koch uh, for this uh, term, but uh, he called it spike contending. So I started making some little small moves. Like I picked up Elijah Mitchell for a second before he really broke out and, and some things like that. And, and right now I'm not, I haven't clinched a playoff spot, but I am third in points and there are point spots in this league. So it looks pretty likely I'm third in points, seven and six after a one and four, eight point eighth and point start. Um, and I like completely forget where that started from. So <laughs> I went off on that. Tangent. As all good stories do. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I went off of on that course. tangent and I can't remember of what course. we were talking about. Um, I mean, oh, it was Cam and uh, in that yeah. league. Cam and Dobbins. I I, I have two it and Wentz, who neither of which are playing this week. I just traded Robert Woods for Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, get somebody cheaper than than Oof, giving up. Yeah, much better than Dobbins for Cam. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And which may be an overpay, but I want to I want to win this week and score enough yeah. points. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And I mean, Ben should have had a great matchup. I don't know what they're doing out there. Yeah, so it's I started not him in a league I needed. I think Ben has so. one touchdown and like yeah. not much yards. Yeah, but. just one. <laughs> Najee, Najee got the last one. So, yeah. um, okay. So I looked and I, I looked at the IR to see what could he move without sacrificing any of his lineup currently. And, you know, Michael Thomas was still on there. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is dead to me. He's been dead to me for years. I never even liked him mostly because of where he went to college. So I really didn't have any shares. To just hates. <laughs> yeah. I just, no, like I just refuse. So, um, it, the thing is he still kind of has that name value. Like you're not going to get anything great for him. So I kind of offered an alternative here because I didn't think this first deal was really realistic. If he could add a pick, you know, it, it could be, but um, my my first trade here is trade Michael Thomas to Heiser for A.J. Dillon. And I know A.J. Dillon's probably not going to win you the league, but when you have all those flex spots and you need to start somebody. He's going to have a role. He's going to get points every week. And if Jones ends up getting banged up again or whatever, I mean, he, he could win the league. Plus, he's a young piece that you can use going forward or trade in the offseason, whatever. Um, again, if you had like a third to throw in with that, something like that, that might get it done. Um, so the other thing I, I looked at here was, uh, Brian Hooten has Damian Harris and his team's kind of rebuilding. I don't know how he feels about Harris. If he thinks of him as like a, a piece he wants to build around, I think it's kind of hard to build around a new England running back. So I personally want to do it. Um, and honestly, I hate trading for him too, but Thomas is not getting you points. Harris would get you points and you could always trade him, um, you know, after the season, obviously. So I think as just another piece to plug in somebody who's going to get touches every week, you know, wide receivers are really volatile. And when you have that 16 teams and you can plug in someone who's guaranteed to get points every week, that that's valuable. Um, and with the pieces that he has, if Kyler and Mahomes just play to their average potential, you don't need a lot from the rest of your lineup, you know, because you already have an advantage every week from those two. So uh, just kind of a small trade, nothing crazy, but that sometimes is all it takes to put you over the top. Yeah. And I, li I like that as a small trade, because again, you're giving up somebody who's giving you no points and, and getting points. And I, 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 I've never been a big Dylan guy, uh, but, but I'm Me coming neither. around. A, what was that? Me neither. 
but, <laughs> but yeah. it, he has a role. He'll get you points. And if Jones goes down, he can win you the league. So, I mean, Agreed. you have to take chances like that. Yeah, and I get it. And I, I think he's – yeah, and he's definitely going to be – like you said, he has a role. He's going to be involved – regardless the rest of the way. And we've seen many games, especially recently with the Jones injury. And I think even before that, where, where there'll be games where Dylan outscores Jones, you know, he's yeah. a lot of times they'll use him as a closer at the end of the game or he'll end up, end up being the one that gets a touchdown. Well, and this <laughs> week in particular, they want to keep Rogers uh, resting a little bit, keep that toe, you know, healthy. And so they're going to just hand it off. They're going to be, I mean, they're going to have the game in control by halfway through the first quarter. So they're just going to, you know, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, the rest of the way and, and just crush the bears. So he's going to have a nice game there and they're going to keep leaning on that, especially home games with the weather, you know, just situations like that. He's going to get touches. He's going to score points. Yeah. And if you can get either from it, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of sort of where we both are on Michael Thomas and it's hard to get a lot for him, but if you can get either guy, I think that's, it's just going to kind of depend on how the other manager views Michael Thomas if he's if he's like us exactly. and like his value is dust I don't want him so um he's 29 you know I mean it. if I have Damian Harris and someone offers me Michael Thomas I probably take it just yeah, for the, the fact that there. his his value right his value is not going to get lower like he's going to come back and play next year probably well we think anyway um and so if he does whether it's New Orleans or somewhere else I mean you're going to get more than Damian Harris. Yeah. And if he plays at 75, yeah, 75% of Michael Thomas from the past, you know, that we saw two years ago. Yeah. Then, then you can definitely get more than Damian Harris. So Jake, we, me and Scott have been rambling a while here. Why don't you, uh, if you have any thoughts on that trade, you can go ahead or you can just get right into yours, whatever you want to do. I, I just want to say that I appreciate a uh, a small potatoes trade here because <laughs> when I was looking through these, like it became really hard to find this big massive trade like you did, Rocky. That that would definitely be like a big time. I'm <laughs> usually know, the big massive trade guys for finding me a trade. I, I I it's funny I mentioned I look for something small first because I'm always the guy who ends up with like the big giant ones. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's I. <laughs> Boy, if I could uh, have a little more cojones with this, I think I'd probably win my leagues a little bit more often. And, and, to, and Scott's trade, like, I would definitely much rather have A.J. Dillon, of course. Part of that's just my Packers homerism, I'm sure, is staring me in the face. But in general, like, I really just do trust him a lot more than I would, you know, Damian Harris. But um, Agreed. Either, either or, I like it. I think I like it more than mine. If I'm being honest, I think mine is the worst of all three trades. So thanks for ending on mine. Uh, I, I looked at this as like, I, I, you know, you guys both made points, very valid points about, Hey, I'm trading away guys who are not scoring literally any points. And I am absorbing points onto my lineup. Hypothetically. That's an amazing point. And maybe something I should have looked at before I put in either Mike Gesicki or Pat Fryermuth as my two trade-away options here. Just because I've been in so many tight end premium leagues where I feel people do overvalue that aspect of the game a little bit too much. Now, Mike Gesicki has surprisingly been kind of crushing it, except for the last handful of weeks. I think he's still tight end four on the season, uh, which is a, a mind blower there. <laughs> so, trading away those points, do you want to do it? 
maybe not. But that's why I put Pat Fryermuth here too, somebody who's come on very strong and you're looking for a rebuilding team to take on a youthful tight end. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. I think people are starting to value him close to Kyle Pitts right now because, um, you know, the production has certainly been yeah. there more for Fryermuth. And uh, his situation should only get better um, as things go on. But I looked at uh, Shane Swagger's team here, and he's got Josh Jacobs. And, yeah, it's a little gross if, if you're somebody like me, who historically, <laughs> not the biggest Josh Jacobs fan. But Kenyon Drake is gone. So he's a non-factor. So the touches should be there. And I'd rather have the consistent touch guy in Josh Jacobs than one of these tight ends who are still going to be flukier. Still possible for you to win that or lose that matchup, you know, with these tight ends. But he also has three guys at tight end who I think should all be great to end out the season. Mike Kosicki, Pat Fryermuth, except for today, apparently, or tonight's game. And then Ricky Seals-Jones, because Logan Thomas, as we mentioned, is out now. Ricky Seals-Jones, in like the five games he's actually gotten meaningful snaps, he's kind of crushed it. I can't see a world where you want to start all three of these guys at some point this year, even with your flexes there. So it's like, might as well get rid of one of them to build up that running back. Depth. Plus, he's going to have Gronk when he does my trade. So <laughs> There you go. Do all these trades, and then you'll really be sad. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually, I, I like like you said, I kind of like the like me and Scott did. I do like the idea of getting giving up no points for points. But I like what you said, because especially I mentioned at the beginning, like I, I don't know how these people are valuing the tight end premium if they – Think about it that way. As of the, to me, one point two five is not even like I don't even think about it being a tight end premium at that point. It's, it's too right. low. Like one point five, I think is iffy to even worry about tight end premium. Trade addicts is one point seven five in in those leagues, and that's when I really start valuing it. And and and, and me and Scott are in a league together. That's two point zero. That's when it's really you know it really matters. One point two five. It's like whatever. So if people are valuing it as tight end premium, just because it is called a tight end premium league, uh, I, I, I kind of see it as like, like you said, I would rather do Gasicki actually, cause I, I love Friar Muth and I think he's going to be a, a monster, but agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, even though Gasicki is a guy that technically has scored more points right now, but I think but, just volume though, all the receivers were hurt and he was like the only guy and that's why he was producing. And now he's not because they finally got back, you know, Parker and some of those guys. So I think like when he gets the volume, he's incredible. I mean, he's really a wide receiver, honestly, more yeah, so and, than a tight end. So, and, but yeah, if you could trade him for Jacob again, Jacob's guy, I don't like either, but um, I, it gives you that floor which again, in a 16 team league, I I'm loving the floor. Like you need upside guys, but with those two quarterbacks having that floor, that's, that's huge. I mean, that, that's still, I, I like that trade a lot, actually, Jake. I like that. Yeah. So, and what I was going to say is when I was looking at it, it's, it's, you're kind of giving like an overvalued guy for what I think is an undervalued guy. Like, like you mentioned the floor there. I I'm, I'm pulling up his PPR point. I believe that just vanilla PPR. That's what I use for when I pull PPR points. Uh, he has no games in he's one game all year in single digits. He's, and he's most, most of them at 17, 16.7, 15.2, 15.8. And he's starting to get more, he was starting to get more pass catching work these past couple of weeks. And now Kenyon Drake's gone. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Josh Jacobs outproduces Mike Kosicki the rest of the year, even with the 1.25 tight end premium. So, um, so yeah, I, I like the idea as well. So I, I have no problem with that one. So 
I think it's good trades all around this week. We did it, guys. We, we did, did it. it. Um, and uh, just in case anyone's wondering, Ben is bailing me out a little with my Woods for Ben trade because he threw another touchdown while we were talking. So yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Do I beat James Washington? Uh, needed that. Needed yeah. that. So, but that 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 finishes up our trades. So that pretty much finishes up the show. So Jake, uh, as usual, we are approaching the ninety minute mark here. So uh, we, it's what we do. Yeah, it's what we do. Uh, <laughs> but Jake, I want to thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun, a lot of good talk, and uh, I want to just give you a chance to you know let everybody know your Twitter handle, where they can find you, what you're all doing, all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate uh, allowing my return here. Uh, we talked before we got on uh, the air officially. That this was a little bit of a reunion from a, a disaster of a game show that I don't really <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh, John. We so oh, close. I love this comment from John, by the way, in the chat. This show is much better than listening to Troy and Joe Buck because <laughs> most is. things are. So. Yeah, it's a low bar, but we'll take it. Well, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, but you can find me being better than Troy and Joe Buck out on Twitter, at Jake Trowbridge. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just doing stuff. I do podcasts. You can find them. They're in my Twitter bio. Feel free to do that. I, I, okay, if you're not going to mention, I just had to mention, because I, I think I said this every time probably with you, Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is the best podcast name ever. That's literally what I do every week. So, uh, I love it. I <laughs> uh, love so yeah, I just I just wanted to get that that the name of the podcast out there because I love that you actually named your podcast Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. Try and be straightforward, you know, right <laughs> to the punch. We don't want to be cutesy. We just want to tell folks what they're getting before they get it. Oh, I love it. So thanks again, Jake. Uh, I just want to finish up with some of our business here. Uh, again, I'm uh, at Dynasty FF Addict. He's at Scott underscore, Skid Scott underscore Sidlow. It's like a tongue twister there. I, this is like the fourth time I've stumbled over my words tonight. Maybe too many of those beers tonight. I don't maybe, know. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> uh, but uh, our third host who's not here tonight is Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Um, follow the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, at DAP underscore network. Also, please make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. That's how you can see us live. You can see Fantasy Timeline live as well. Occasionally, Trade Addicts goes live. So, all good stuff. And uh, also, uh, follow the DAP Network. Subscribe to the DAP Network. Follow us at Dynasty Junkies. R rate, review. Anything else I'm forgetting, Scott? Nope, you pretty much got it covered, man. Just um, shout out to all our homies in the comments. Uh, always love you guys uh, interacting and and throwing in some some zingers there, like McLean. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, KJ Osborne just got a long touchdown, so I'm super happy about that. That uh, bails me out in quite a few spots there. Uh, which I believe one of them is against you, Rocky. I it think is. I'm starting Cook and Osborne. I, so. I did start him in a league round in the seventh seed trying to get in. So I guess it so helps the, there. There you it's, go. It'll all work the, out. Being in 33 leagues is it's always helping out. you and hurting you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so with that being said, uh, please, for our guest at Jake Trowbridge, please follow him. He's a great follow, one of my favorites. Um fantasy football or otherwise uh, honestly one of my favorite follows on twitter uh for rocky dynasty ff addict and for myself at scott sidlow 
Junkies out.